Good morning. Recently, I was reading Psalm 53. And when I came to verse 23, something struck me. And it was the phrase, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And before I actually share about a sacrifice of thanksgiving, I want us to read that verse. Could you please join me? Psalm 50, 50, verse 23. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I will show the salvation of God. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. And just where I am today in my life prompted me to read a little more about the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I read the following characteristics that I'm going to present to you about the sacrifice of thanksgiving. It is mentioned several times in the Old Testament, but the first mention of it is in the book of Leviticus, chapter 7, verses 11 to verse 15. I want us to read that together. Um, and that is, it is first mentioned in Leviticus, chapter 7, verses 11 to 15. The sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now, this is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which shall be presented to the Lord. If he offers it by way of thanksgiving, then along with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, he shall offer unleavened cakes mixed with oil and unleavened wafers spread with oil and cakes of well-stirred fine flour mixed with oil. With the sacrifice of his peace offerings for thanksgiving, he shall present his offering with cakes of leavened bread. Of this, he shall present one of every offering as a contribution to the Lord. It shall belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the peace offerings. Now, as for the flesh of the sacrifice of his thanksgiving peace offerings, it shall be eaten on the day of his offering. He shall not leave any of it over until morning. So here are the characteristics. The first is that it is first mentioned in the book of Leviticus, as we read it in chapter 7. I mean, please read it again after the message. And the second thing is that these verses seem to indicate that the sacrifice of thanksgiving is actually a peace offering that is motivated by the attitude of gratitude. It is motivated solely by thanksgiving. So this type of offering would include an animal sacrifice, as you read, as well as several sorts of <coughs> cereals or grains um, or bread offerings. And thirdly, like all peace offerings, it was a voluntary offering. It was not explicitly commanded by the Lord or required by the Lord. It was offered by the worshiper on those occasions when he was motivated by thanksgiving unto God. God, I love you. God, you are good. God, I'm grateful for who you are and for what you've done in my life. And the worshiper came with this uh, offering unto God and presented to the Lord with a heart of joy and gratitude. It was voluntarily uh, offered, motivated solely by thanksgiving. Fourth, in addition, uh, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, like, again, like all peace offerings, was shared among uh, the Lord, the priest, 
and the worshiper, three um, people. It was shared between the Lord, the priest had a portion in it, and then the worshiper, interestingly, had a portion in it. Now, this is contrasted from the other offerings where almost the whole offering except the skin was completely consumed on the altar as an offering unto God <clears throat> or partly burned on the altar and partly consumed by the priest. But it was not always that the worshiper would have a portion in it. And interestingly, in a, as, in a sacrifice, an offering of thanksgiving, the worshiper has a portion that he can, he can actually take back. And so uh, what was interesting is that the worshiper who, who brought the sacrifice would then take that remaining portion of the meat and the bread and prepare a feast in which his family and friends who were ritually pure could share. So he would actually take his portion, come back home and have a celebration, you know, exalting the Lord and declaring the goodness of God, not only among his family, but among, among people uh, whom he wanted to make the goodness of the Lord known to, you know, now that is interesting about the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And we will draw out some things from it uh, just a little later uh, in the message. And the fifth thing that I want to mention is that as you probably remember hearing when we read the, those verses in Leviticus, any of the meat not consumed on the day uh, the sacrifice was offered had to be destroyed by burning. You, you could not carry forth this sacrifice for tomorrow. It's for today. You know, tomorrow you would need to offer, if you wanted to, a fresh sacrifice of Thanksgiving. Now, that's something that is interesting. You could not carry forward the next day. You know, you had to offer a fresh one. So these are the five things that I, I drew out or I read about, the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. Now, what do we understand about these characteristics about the sacrifice of Thanksgiving for us today as a New Testament people, as a new covenant people, as children of God uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ? What does this mean to us? And here are some of the things I want to present to us that I believe will bless your heart and bless your life and bless us as a, as a church. Through the sacrifice, the worshippers celebrated together before the Lord the blessings enjoyed through a relationship with God characterized by peace and wholeness. You see, because, uh, you know, the sacrifice of thanksgiving was a vehicle by which the worshipper could draw near to God with a, with a heart of gratitude. It was an opportunity for the worshipper to say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I'm grateful. Lord, I'm thankful. Lord, I exalt you over, over everything you've given me and in and because of everything you have given me and everything that you've done for me. And so this brought intimacy between the worshiper and the Lord. And so, you know, the worshiper's uh, uh, gratitude became visible and tangible as a result of the offering or the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So the first thing was what would ha what happened uh, between the worshiper and the Lord or between the Lord and the worshiper as a, as a result of the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And secondly, a sense of communion with and the nearness of God resulted in a presentation of a gift to God 
a portion of which God then graciously shared with the worshiper. <clears throat> so because of this, this intimacy, because of this nearness, because of this overflowing uh, uh, worship from a grateful heart, you know, this offering that was brought, this sacrifice that was brought, you know, the Lord commanded and prescribed and instructed that even as a part of it would be uh, sacrificed unto him, a portion of which would go to the priest, but there would be a portion that would be taken by the worshiper home. Now that's interesting that what the sacrifice of thanksgiving gives us, it leaves a precious deposit in our own lives, beloved. A deposit that not only blesses the heart and the life of the worshiper, but he's able to take that deposit, that portion, and in fact, take it to his family and take it to others. And I'm coming to that in the third point. But there is something precious that we receive, that God gives us when we come to him with a sacrifice of thanksgiving. That's precious. May this motivate us to bring to the Lord a new every day, an offering of thanksgiving. And that brings us to the third thing. <coughs> Excuse me. The sense of generosity and communion was expanded as the worshiper in turn shared his portion of the offering with family and friends. The beautiful thing about the sacrifice of thanksgiving is that the effect of it is not just limited or not just restricted between God and the worshiper. It overflows. It causes a ripple effect over into his family and into his loved ones and friends and the community, even maybe even strangers. And, and that's the beauty and the power of the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. So there are three things that we drew out of the sacrifice of Thanksgiving after I shared with you the characteristics. The first thing that I shared with you that we drew out was that it results in intimacy between us and God. As we come to him with an offering of, of Thanksgiving as a sacrifice, you know, something precious we receive from God. And that, that thing is intimacy. You know, it blesses the heart of God when we come to him with an attitude of gratitude. But the second thing was that in turn, God gives us a portion, gives us a portion. God gives us a deposit that we carry within us. And the third thing is the amazing thing is that deposit is so precious, it's so powerful that we're able to take it to our family. We're able to take it to our loved ones and friends and celebrate with them and say like the psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us, exalt his name together. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. I mean, that comes real. That comes alive when we offer unto God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. We are able to invite others to participate and partake in the joy that is ours in Christ Jesus. And that is, that is precious. That is wonderful, isn't it? Now, let's, let's go further. You know, while the Old Testament sacrifice of, of, you know, animal sacrifice is now obsolete, and most of us understand that, you know, for us, due to the sacrificial um, uh, work of Jesus on the cross, you know, there are some principles here that continue to speak to us today. And what are those principles? I, I want to summarize it for our benefit, you know. 
even as we've looked at these characteristics and we've drawn out um, some truths out of this, but let's make this more clear as I summarize this for our benefit. You know, though thankful hearts honor God and they benefit us individually, personally, you know, God does not coerce or demand sacrifices of thanksgiving. You know, expressions of thanksgiving ought to freely, freely flow from the depths of our heart. And that's what would make it meaningful and powerful and profound. And so, you know, no one can force us to say thank you. You know, when, when we give a gift to someone, we can't demand a thank you. We can't demand gratitude. It's, it's precious when it comes out of a genuine heart. It comes out spontaneously, you know, and it comes with genuine gratitude. And that's the way it is even with God. You know, God has given us so many things and God has done so much for us. But it's very important for us, beloved, that we overcome one of our biggest weaknesses as human beings, and that is the weakness of forgetfulness. We tend to remember the wrong things or the wrong done to us, and we forget the good things that God has done for us. And it's so important for us to rehearse the goodness of God. It's so important for us to remind ourselves of who God is, of what he has done for us, what he's doing, and what he has promised in his word that he is going to do. Uh, not too long back, I, uh, you know, found in my Bible a letter that I wrote unto God. It's not often, actually, it's a rare thing for me to write a letter to God. Um, but I think I was really in this place in my life where I needed to write down uh, what uh, God had done for me. And as I wrote down about four or five things you know, uh, what God had done for me, my, my heart once again was welled up with joy and gratitude. And, and that, is, that is precious, beloved, precious, because we're able to bless the heart of God. We're able to bring a smile on his face when we come to him with grateful hearts and say, Lord, thank you. So understand this, beloved, that thanksgiving, a sacrifice of thanks cannot be coerced or forced upon us. We ought to develop and cultivate hearts of gratitude by learning to rehearse and rehearse the goodness of God uh, in and over and through our lives, you know, and I want to encourage us to do that. Don't be forgetful about who God is and what he's done for you. The second thing I want to share in summary is that it is appropriate and advantageous for us to express our thankfulness, our sacrifice of thankfulness, of gratitude, of you know, of an offering of gratitude in such a way that it spills over to others, beginning with our family, you know. And we see that, right, in, in, in uh, the way the sacrifice of Thanksgiving was offered. You know, there was a portion that the worshiper could take. But what would he do with that portion? He wouldn't sit there and have it just by himself and say, God, thank you for what you've done in my life. The, powerf the powerful nature of the sacrifice of Thanksgiving, the way it was instructed, is that the worshiper would go home and bring around his family, invite his loved ones and friends, even probably those who don't know uh, the God of Israel. And he would say, come and celebrate with me the goodness of God. And isn't that wonderful, you know, that today, you know, it would be so beautiful and so powerful that we would make the goodness of God that we are experiencing 
you know, we would make that goodness of God tangible to others, you know, beginning with our family, beginning with our family, but not limiting to them, but taking it to our loved ones, our friends, our oikos, you know, when, when the psalmist wrote, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good, how would they taste? You know, it's when we, with, you know, motivated by a, by a heart of gratitude, motivated by a heart of thanksgiving, would take that goodness that we've experienced, would take that gratitude and make it tangible to them and share with them a portion of the goodness of God that we've experienced in our life. That's the reason, if you remember, every new year end, we give an opportunity to give a sacrifice, an offering of thanksgiving. You know, make it tangible, put it in an envelope and give it unto God. But you know what? Don't limit it there. It doesn't have to be annual and it doesn't always have to be directly to the church. What about sharing it with your oikos? What about sharing it with those who are, uh, are probably a lesser privilege for unknown reasons, various reasons, a lesser privilege than us? And, you know, invite them over for a meal and share with them the goodness of God. Hey, and they probably ask you, hey, what's the special thing? Why are, you, why are you doing this for us? Or why are we having this get together? You see, you know, the Lord has been good to me. The Lord has done wonderful things to, in, in my life. And I want to share that with you and tell you what he's done for me, how, how precious that would be, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. My sacrifice, your sacrifice of thanksgiving to God would bless our families and bless the community around us that they too would come to know that our God is a good God. You know, A true act of thankfulness helps us draw nearer to God but it also sends out gentle ripples of joy and gratitude that continue to expand, bringing glory to God and blessing to others. You know, isn't that what um, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9 when he talks about an offering, collection of an offering that he had earlier encouraged the Corinthian church to get? And he said, your offering will cause many to give thanks to God. May that be true in our lives. And may you find many ways and opportunities to make your, make your uh, sacrifice of thanksgiving tangible this week in, in and through your life. You know, may it bring you closer to God, may it result in greater intimacy, and may you and your family be blessed to be a blessing to many you know, making the goodness of God real and tangible to them. The Lord bless you.